You're listening to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast with your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is episode number 37. If we're not making sure that we're set up with the best foundation to support us so that we understand how our mental health even works and what we can do to support us, without that, we aren't going to be able to create the reality that we truly desire. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Letitia Ringe, and this podcast is designed to inspire, empower, and support you on the journey of uncovering your truth and purpose in the world. So welcome everyone. I hope wherever you are, you're having a beautiful day. For anyone who is new to the podcast, my name is, as I just mentioned, Letitia Ringe, and I'm a life coach who lives in London, originally from Australia, and I help people discover their authentic essence and purpose and design their life in a way that empowers and inspires them, particularly as women. So this month, this October, I've been particularly interested in providing us with some foundational support, setting us up so that we can truly create a life that is beautiful. In our last episode, episode number 36, I spoke to you about how I find balance in my life, what I see as balance and some tips for finding your own sense of balance in your life. Now, when I talk about this foundational support, what I'm talking about is everything you need to set yourself up with a strong foundation. So, Understanding what your center is, which if you listen to our last episode, I spoke about this is what I believe is so important to be able to achieve any sense of balance in our life is understanding what our center even is for us. This, uh, this is foundational support and we can relate this to our root chakra which is all about our foundation, our sense of stability, our right to be here. It's about our security with a strong foundation, imagining yourself with like a big tree with beautiful big roots all the way into the center of the earth. The tree that is is above the ground stands tall and wide and proud just as much above the ground as it does under the ground. And without that deeply rooted support into the earth, all the way into the earth and just as wide, the tree isn't able to stand up in the way it does. It's not able to stand wide, widely and proudly shining up to the sky without that structural support. Without it, the tree's going to fall down. So I want you to think of this same image when you think about your own life. 
Where is your foundation? What do you need to have a strong foundation? Today's episode, we're going to be talking about a big piece to this puzzle, in my opinion, of course. And this is all about our mental health. Now, before you hear this and think, okay, mental health doesn't apply to me, (laughs) which I'm not saying that you'll definitely be thinking this, but if you are, just know that when we talk about our mental health, I'm simply talking about the way we think and feel. We also are talking about our, our ability to deal with life's ups and downs. So our mental health is something that we all have. It's just like physical health. We have our mental health. We have our physical health. And they're both just as important. Because the environment that we create in our life is mostly a symptom of our mental health. We can change our environment by changing the way we think and feel. And most of the way we think and feel is largely unconscious, which means we feel like we are stuck with the thoughts we think and the emotions we experience. We're almost a victim to them, or we believe that they are us. But the way we think and feel is generally operating on this unconscious pattern. Our minds have been wired, they've been playing on repeat for so long to create these thought-emotion or emotion-thought loops that just play on repeat over and over and over again in our minds. And then this is reflected in our outer environment. So in our relationships, the way we show up for them, in our body, our physical health, in the work that we do, what we're willing to put up with, what we're not willing to put up with. The way we think and feel has a massive impact on this. And this is all about our mental health. So this is super, super important when it comes to our foundational support, because if we're not working on our mental health, just like we do with our physical health, if we're not making sure that we're set up with the best foundation to support us so that we understand how our mental health even works and what we can do to support us, without that, we aren't going to be able to create the reality that we truly desire. So today's episode is dedicated to mental health. I'm going to be taking you through how you can help to support your mental health so that you have good mental health, just like good physical health as much as possible. And then I'm going to be talking you through Some ways to support yourself if you are someone experiencing a mental health problem in your life or you're someone who has people in your life who you're either supporting or in contact with, whether that's at home or at work, who are suffering from a mental health problem or who you suspect are suffering from a mental health problem. What you can do as a member of that relationship or even as a member of our community at large, to support people and yourself 
when you're experiencing a mental health problem. Before I dive into this conversation, please, for anyone who doesn't know me or isn't aware, and even if you are aware of me, please know that I'm not a doctor, I'm not a therapist, I'm simply a person with an opinion on this topic and a great amount of personal experience when it comes to my own personal mental health and also observing mental health issues and what can support mental health in my life with the people around me. So before I did this work as a life coach, before that, I worked in the corporate world for 10 years. And for eight of those, I worked in a law firm. For six of those, I worked in the area of family law. And mental health issues are very prevalent in that area of law. And I also was exposed to mental health issues growing up. I mean, a lot most people will have experienced these because there's actually a lot of research to suggest that every single one of us will experience a mental health problem in our life. So this is something that we need to get our heads around to make sure that we're actively trying to support our own good functioning mental health. And most importantly, we want to start the conversation. Now, this is what just thrilled me when I was younger, when I was trying to decide what I wanted to do in terms of going to university, I ended up at first studying psychology. I have always been interested in mental health because I know how important it is. And if there is one thing that I can really stress here that I hope that you can take away with you today is that most people will actually have also experienced or come into some in close personal contact with someone suffering from a mental health issue. So if you're someone who is going through something like this, please know that you're not alone. Please know as well that you are a wonderful person and that the suffering that you're experiencing will pass and that there are tools and things you can do to help support you and that there are people out there who know how you're feeling and who also have experienced and suffered who might actually be a wonderful person for you to meet and connect with so that you know that you're not alone. Okay, so... Mental health is all about the way we think and feel and our ability to cope with life's ups and downs. Last week, we also had World Mental Health Day, which is the reason why we're also exploring this topic right now, because one of the key issues when it comes to mental health is a lack of awareness and discussion about it. It's a bit of a taboo topic and the reason that many people who are experiencing mental health issues don't talk about it is because they fear discrimination and because they're ashamed of it 
However, when we start to talk more about this suffering that we're experiencing, this is a wonderful way to help us ease the suffering that we're going through and also to allow us to get support. So it's a really important discussion to be having. But first today, I want to talk about supporting our foundation, our mental health foundation as best as we can so that we are supporting ourselves to have good mental health in our life. So I want to just dial it back to something I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, which was that our environment is a symptom of our mental health. And what I'm saying here is that our thoughts and our feelings will have an impact on the reality that we create for ourselves, And this is simply because It affects our perception of our reality. So when we're thinking a lot of thoughts that feed emotions, that give us a negative feeling, we end up going into a bit of a spiral that perpetuates the emotions and thoughts attached to that thought, making them an even bigger problem in our life. And a lot of these thought loops, which is a term I adore from Brooke Castillo, who's a wonderful life coach over in the USA. And I love to use this, her term, thought loop, because it makes so much sense to me when I think about this. Because most of these thought loops are just operating automatically, we've been thinking them our whole life in some cases, And if not for a very long time, constantly repeating them. When we're not aware, like consciously aware that we can actually change those thoughts and feelings by feeding us with new thoughts, by also feeding us with new emotions, we are then able to influence or to change our perception of our reality and also therefore our reality. And this is simply because right now around us, we have billions of bits of information, but our brains can only process a very small amount of those. So what this is why people talk about what we focus on expands. So it makes sense that what we're thinking about is what we're going to notice in our life. So when we're thinking I really don't like my job. I don't like my job. I don't like my job. We're going to notice more examples and reasons to confirm that thought that we've had. When we think these thoughts, it's also going to create an emotion. Or an emotion is going to trigger those thoughts. So, for example, when I used to, I went through a phase in my work as a lawyer where Every morning before I went to work, I would experience what I believe was anxiety. I would have my heart would start pounding uncontrollably. I felt like it was going to leap out of my chest. I felt sick in my stomach and my mind was just a complete mess because I was just thinking all of these horrible thoughts about 
what was going to happen that day, you know, just worrying about absolutely everything and dreading, absolutely dreading going in. Now, if I simply changed, like tried to alter that thought loop that I had, So that when I experience the feeling of anxiety, rather than going into that automatic thought loop, I stopped myself and said, okay, Letitia, this is just a, this is just a feeling. Give yourself a moment to just let it pass, to experience it, to notice the physical sensations. Okay, so I'm feeling like my heart's racing really fast. I feel like it's going to leap out of my chest. I'm feeling really sick in my stomach. My palms are sweaty. If I just experience that without feeding all of those thoughts to it, that then make it even an even more intense experience of that emotion, I could allow that feeling to ease, to pass, or to maybe transmute it into something else. Particularly if I fed that feeling with thoughts that were going to support me in feeling better, even if that feeling was simply a neutral feeling. So rather than thinking thoughts like I hate my job, I despise my job, or I'm going to be so overwhelmed at work today, I never have enough time. If I started thinking so consciously, And all you're just aware of it. That's all conscious means. If I thought, okay, I'm having this same feeling. These thoughts are coming into my mind. I'm going to shift this and and start feeding some thoughts that are actually going to support me in feeling better right now. So what are some thoughts I could think? I could think, you know what? I have a job. I'm going to show up and do the best I can. That's all I've got control over. And that's enough. I could think that. That might give me a bit of ease and relief. I could also start feeding my thoughts with things that I'm looking forward to in that day. You know, I'm really excited to have that chat with whoever. I'm today at lunch, I'm going to go for a walk and get outside. And it's going to feel so nice to get outside because it's a beautiful day. And I'm going to sit in the park, put my feet on the ground, and that's going to give me a great sense of ease. I could think or remind myself of all the wonderful things I've created at work, all the amazing people I've helped. I could remind myself that I am supported at work, that everything I need to is going to get done. And anything that I don't get done will be sorted out. It's all okay. It's okay. I could remind myself that, you know what, I'm really lucky to have a job because even though it can be overwhelming at times, it's teaching me something. I'm learning how to set boundaries. It's also paying me money, which is allowing me to explore these other interests that I have. It's getting me to my next best step. I've made all these wonderful friends. I've developed all these incredible skills. And this is going to help me continue to find work that I really enjoy in my life. 
Can you see how these thoughts, if I start thinking this, if I catch myself in the moment of experiencing that anxiety, and instead of unconsciously just playing this, the thought loops I previously had programmed into my mind, if I catch myself in that moment and I choose, I consciously choose to simply focus on the physical sensation of the emotion I'm experiencing and what thoughts are going to support me in feeling better, I can control how I end up, one, feeling, and two, showing up in my life. Because if I continue to think and feel that anxiety and the distress all on the, the lead up, my bus ride into work, I get to work as someone who is probably going to be looking at her shoes. She's not going to be very open or receptive to other people. I'm going to feel stressed from the moment I walk in. I'm going to see my inbox. It's going to be, oh my gosh, there's so many emails. I got so much to do. I'm going to rush through everything because I feel so time poor. Compare that to the person who takes a moment, maybe it's on the bus. I notice how I'm feeling. Okay, so I'm feeling these physical sensations. So we're breaking down the emotion, not letting it take over us. And I start to choose, consciously choose thoughts to alter that unconscious programming to create the reality that I want to create, which is that I want to go to work feeling easeful or feeling good. I want to arrive at work and I want to look everyone in the eye and say hello. I want to sit down at my computer and I want to look at my inbox and feel good about it. To know that, you know what, I've got a lot of things here, but I'm going to get through what needs to get through. And I trust that. I know I'll get through what's important. I'm going to take time to make sure that I'm doing a good job at the things that I need to do today. I'm going to select to do what is going to leave me most fulfilled and satisfied first thing, rather than simply responding, responding to everything and then getting through my day and not feeling satisfied by the day I've had. So can you see how our mental health, so just I'm talking about the environment in our minds, the way we think and feel has an impact on the environment we create in our life, our reality. The way we think and feel influences the way we behave. And the way we behave influences the reality we create for ourselves. The way we think and feel also influences our perception of the reality we're creating of our environments, which thus affects the way we behave. Can you see how all of this is connected? So it's super important when we're talking about foundational support, getting that strong, supportive foundation in our life, that we make sure that our mental health is supporting us, that we are supporting our mental health as well. Another example for you is 
So I used to love to worry. I would worry about absolutely everything. So whenever I was up-leveling my life or expanding in some way, I would immediately, right before the event or the experience, begin worrying about absolutely everything that could go wrong, which of course perpetuated this feeling of fear that I was experiencing. And so what this did for me was stop me from preparing myself in the best way possible for whatever it was that I was going to experience. Instead, I was consumed by solving problems that hadn't even occurred. It also stopped me from imagining best case scenarios. So thinking about all of the things that could go right, which meant that in those moments, I was looking for problems, problems that I could solve and put out rather than looking for examples of what I wanted to happen, what I wanted to create in my life. And so this is just, it is wherever our attention goes, energy flows. That's another very popular saying. Now, can you see how in the first instance, this was not supporting me at all? Whereas whereas in the second instance, if I had have spent my time preparing properly, feeding myself with thoughts that I'm going to do good. It's all going to work out. You've got this reminding myself of the facts. You know, you've done all of these things. These are the reasons why you're going to do good. And I thought about how wonderful would it be? And then I started thinking about all the things I wanted to happen. Can you see how that would create a much better mindset for me, setting me up for success? See, this is how it plays out. We can 100% actively support our mental health or we can perpetuate poor mental health. Now, the key part of all of this is being able to be aware of the way we are thinking and feeling on the reg. So on a daily basis, what thoughts am I having? Are they supportive of me or not? And what feelings am I feeling? If you find that you are consistently not feeling good, and I think that this is just a really easy distinction, am I feeling good or am I not feeling good? Not feeling good is going to encompass a lot of emotions, your sadness, your frustration, your anger, your depression, your anxiety, your worry, your fear, and the list goes on. And good feelings that make you feel good are going to embody a whole other group of emotions. You want to feel happy. You want to feel at ease, peaceful, joyful, excited, inspired. So we need to be aware of what we're actually thinking and feeling on a daily basis so that we can then understand what needs to change, what isn't supporting us. And we can also tell the state of our thoughts and feelings if we have a look at what our reality is. So if you, for instance, are in situations where your boundaries are being stepped over all the time, you can know that you have a boundary issue there, an issue setting healthy boundaries and enforcing them. 
what you can know about that is that you've definitely got some thoughts and emotions in those situations that are not supporting you in setting healthy boundaries. So you can start to ask yourself, how do I think about boundaries? When these boundary violations are happening, what thoughts are going through my mind at that time? How am I feeling at that time? Is this supportive to me of creating healthy boundaries or not? And so you can start to be a detective in your life and figure out by looking at the problems currently in your life, the areas that you're not happy with, you can look at them, acknowledge them, take responsibility, which empowers you, knowing that you can change that result simply by changing the way you think and feel. Because when you start in those moments, let's go back to this boundary violation example. If you start to feed yourself thoughts that are going to empower you in those moments, if you're going to remind yourself of why you're setting these boundaries, what you're trying to conserve, and if you start to change these thoughts, that's going to change the way you feel in those moments, which is going to help you in actually creating these healthy boundaries, which will in turn change your reality. There's also a lot of evidence to suggest that we typically feel or experience a small set of emotions on the repeat each day. So it's interesting to have a look at your life and look at what those emotions are. And is this the way that you want to be feeling? If it's not, it's time to figure out why this is happening. And a great way to do that is to look at how you're experiencing the emotions when they occur and what thoughts you can start thinking to support the way that you truly want to feel so that you can change the way you're experiencing the emotions and also your reality. Now, a big part of this that I also just want to mention here is that there is a big problem with the amount of emotions that we have to feel and that we do feel and our awareness of those emotions. So typically we might think that we have a handful of emotions that we can experience, but because we don't actually know how those emotions feel for us, because perhaps we suppress them or don't explore them, we might actually believe that an emotion that we're having is telling us something different to what it's actually telling us. So we might actually confuse emotions. And this is definitely, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? That this would happen when we don't actually experience our emotions. When we don't stop to think, okay, well, how does this physically feel in my body? So another great way to help your mental health, to support your mental health, is to have a look at, consider yourself a detective. What does it feel like when I experience this emotion? What do I believe this emotion is? And start to just scan your body and write down the emotions, the physical sensations that this emotion is creating within your body. 
Now, the second aspect of mental health is this ability to deal with ups and downs. And so my feeling on this is that we tend to suppress or attach or react to our emotions rather than simply experiencing them without judgment. And this is why this exercise I've given you about simply becoming a detective and looking at the way that your body responds to certain emotions with curiosity will help you in one, not suppressing your emotions, but actually experiencing them because suppression leads to depression. We, When we suppress the way that we feel, they, they don't, it doesn't just disappear. It becomes a much bigger issue. When we attach too much to our emotions, we simply feed them. We give them so much importance rather than allowing them to pass. If you actually stop to experience your emotion and to to look curiously at the way it actually makes you physically feel, noticing that, you know, an emotion is really just the physical sensations. When we start to look curiously at that, it also helps us to not attach to the emotions, to recognize that they aren't us. Our emotions pass. We are always here. We, we, we're here. We're here forever. You know, well, as long in our, we're, we're here forever together in our life. Our emotions come and go. They're like waves. And then there's the reacting, reacting to our emotions rather than experiencing them. So we react by then feeding the emotion as well. So can you experience your emotions without judgment so that they're not the boss of you? Our emotions also give us wonderful information. When you are feeling angry, sad, depressed, anxious, frustrated, for instance, you want to be aware of that because then you know when something needs to change. So it's really important to understand the emotion that you're experiencing so that then you can continue doing your detective work and figure out what needs to change in your life. Why am I feeling this way? I'm feeling really angry right now. How do I know that? Because it feels like this in my body. What is contributing to this feeling? Is it the thoughts that I'm having? Do they need to change? Or is there something in my life that is happening that I need to change? Do I need to pivot? Is it time for a life pivot, whether it's a small one or a more significant one? Your emotions give you so much intelligence. They are wonderful. And what we want to do is get to a position where we're in a neutral place. We don't mind whether we're feeling good emotions or bad emotions. I'm saying this in inverted commas because they are all intelligence. And this is something we go through in a lot of detail if you are interested in exploring this topic more in my online course, Embrace Your Feminine Essence, which we go through feelings and emotional intelligence and intuition because they are all beautifully connected and give us so much power to work with. 
So if you're interested in learning more about that, it is open for enrollment. You can enroll at any time. You get immediate access to all of the course content, plus a wonderful Facebook, private Facebook group to join. You can find all the details at www.letitiaringe.com forward slash E-Y-F-E. So we want to be aware of how we're feeling so that we can then understand what needs to change in our life. And I truly believe that our intuition speaks to us through our emotions. This idea of trying to be in a neutral place when it comes to our emotions is really helpful because, and I think especially when we think about when there's too much of an emphasis on feeling good all the time, we might be seeking Emotions like joy, for instance, which is very high on our emotional scales, a lot of energy in joy. Whichever emotions you experience, you will also experience the equal opposite. So that might be anger and anger has a ton of energy. But if you try to stay somewhere in the middle, in a more neutral, calm, peaceful, easeful place that doesn't require so much energy to be expended to sustain it, This is a really good place to be. And this helps you to detach from both the bad emotions, the very low vibe emotions, but also the good vibes so that you're not dependent on experiencing those because we get hooked on like joy, for instance. We want to always be joyful, but we can't possibly always experience joy. There's so much energy involved in that. And so we then start to believe that if we're not feeling joyful, then that means that we're not actually feeling good. But feeling peaceful is feeling good. That feels good to feel peaceful. And actually it's you know, better for our system because we're not expending so much energy. It's more neutral. It helps us to detach from the negative emotions as well. So that's just something to think about. And meditation is a wonderful resource for helping to detach from your emotions and also to just simply experience them. Because what meditation is helping you to do is to really separate yourself from what's going on in your mind so that you are observing your mind. You're becoming the detective. Oh, that's so interesting. I just had a thought about X. Oh, there goes another one. But instead of attaching to the thought or attaching to the emotion, you allow it to pass. You are aware and you notice it because you've created that separation between you and your mind. So meditation is really, really, really helpful. Okay, so we want to be proactive and preventative when it comes to our mental health. I want to give you seven of my top tips for supporting your mental health. The first is movement and your physical body. We need to move our body. That helps to shift our energy around and our body holds so much emotion. You know, our hips, they hold so much emotion, which is why yoga can be really wonderful because you can have postures that focus on opening the hips and and really shifting that energy. So moving, getting outside and moving your body every single day. It's so important to our mental health. They are linked because remember our mental health or sorry, our physical health is also going to be a symptom of our mental health. 
This also includes, you know, making sure we're supporting ourselves with nutritious food that makes us feel good. When we have a lot of sugar, that can also contribute to feelings of anxiety, for instance. So we want to avoid sugar in those moments. The second tip I have for you is about this really anchoring yourself into the present moment. And I know that this is something that, oh, be present, that can seem kind of an annoying concept because it's hard to grasp. But really, when we're talking about being present, it is simply focusing on this moment right now. How am I feeling? Check in with your five senses. How am I feeling? What am I smelling? What am I seeing? Actually, you know, do a little body scan, just noticing how you're feeling in this moment right now, because that does not include your thoughts. You can notice how you're thinking, but you're not occupied by your thoughts because there is separation between you and your thoughts. You realize that you are not your thoughts, just as you realize that you're, you are not your emotions. They are passing. So this is really helpful then to think about the ego and intuition because our ego, which we can call our thinking mind, which is largely there to protect us and it's operating automatically with these thought loops that are there to keep us safe and you know our brains wired for efficiency so they're just operating on the same circuit we can tune into that or we can tune into our intuition which is this really beautiful peaceful loving all-knowing higher version of ourselves that recognizes that you know, this isn't a problem. Not the, it, it's not the fear talking, it's love. And at any, at any given moment, if we use tools like meditation, which help us with presence to cause this separation between our thoughts and us, the essence of us, our consciousness, we are able to realize that if we can tune into our mind, into our thoughts, we can also tune in to another version of ourselves another resource we have here which is our intuition now if you want to find out more about intuition this is also a topic that we cover in great detail in embrace your feminine essence so please check out the details at letitiaringe.com forward slash e-y-f-e i would love to have you join and to help you really tap into this aspect of ourselves because it is so liberating and freeing I just want you to think about this. We have a choice because we notice this separation of what we tune into. And you might think about tuning into your heart. What would your heart say rather than what would this, you know, automatic fear-based thinking that I've been, you know, involved in a thought loop in say? You recognize that you're separate from that. So meditation really helpful for achieving presence letting focusing on the present moment so letting go of the past not worrying about the future focus on the present moment right now the third tip i have is connection actually physically connecting with other people if you can't physically connect with someone connect with people online but talking to other people is really really important for our mental health and actually you know, giving someone a hug produces oxytocin, which is a stress relief for women and men, depending on 
what's happening in their life at the moment, but particularly for women, oxytocin is great for us because it helps us in shifting into our feminine energy and to, and that is a stress relief for us. So number four, accepting ourselves. We need to not argue with reality. This is who we are. So accept it. What is the point of fighting something that you can't change for one? And secondly, we are all amazing and we're different. And that is awesome because it gives us something to speak about. We've got to look at ourselves just like our emotions. There are strengths that we have. There are weaknesses. And I put that in inverted commas too. Love yourself for those strengths, but just as much for those weaknesses, because that is just how you are made up. That is what makes you this unique person that is only one of you in this entire universe. Wonderful. How incredible is that? So stop fighting with reality and start accepting who you are. Accept yourself. And that gives you the ability to see yourself fully, to really see the whole version of you and to accept it. Number five is listening to what our emotions tell us. So really seeing yourself as a detective and and being curious about why you're feeling this way. Number six, a sense of purpose. Now, you know that this podcast has a, if it's got one theme, it's all about purpose because this underpins everything. A sense of purpose gives us direction and meaning to our life. The Mental Health Foundation, this organization over here in the UK, says that when people have good mental health, they have a sense of purpose. Sense of purpose is so imperative to feeling good. We need to feel like there is a bigger reason for us being here, that we have something to do. We want to feel creatively fulfilled. We want to be a full representation of ourselves. So having a sense of purpose is really helpful. And last of all, seven, expression, making sure that we are expressing our self. And this includes our emotions. When we have an emotion, we experience it and we can express it. We can move our body in frustration, you know, express it, shake it out. Just like animals, when they go through a trauma, they st- they shake and that is what removes the trauma from their body. It's just gone because they experience it and they express it. So focus on expressing your emotions. If you're angry, take a moment to just have a little yell at the wall. Or if you're sad, take a moment to cry. Allow, experience the emotion and cry. There is nothing wrong with crying. There's something wrong with crying when you don't experience it. When you make it mean something about you, it's just something that you've got to let pass. It's telling you something. It's telling you something. Okay. So these tips are so helpful for anyone who wants to support their own mental health. And I want to just for a moment touch on if you're experiencing a mental health issue at the moment, now, in the Mental Health Organi- no, the Mental Health Foundation, they have a wonderful book all about mental health in the workplace, how to support it. I highly recommend it, and there will be a link to it in the show notes. One of the reasons they talk about people not talking about 
their mental health issue when they go through it is for fear of discrimination and feelings of shame. They're the top reasons for people not talking about their mental health problems. So we as people supporting others in our life with mental health issues, we can make sure that we also speak about the fact that we have experienced mental health issues in our life. It could have been at you know some breaking point. We might have gone through a significant period of change. We might have lost someone. There's so many reasons why we go through these experiences. And so we can say that me too, I've gone through that experience. And so the more that we talk about it, it allows other people to not feel that they're going to be discriminated against. But this feeling of shame is really important. And I love Brene Brown for her work on shame because she really speaks about the difference between shame and guilt. And I want to read you a little piece of one of her blogs that she's written I also recommend her uh, books, The Power of Vulnerability, Rising Strong. They all talk a lot about shame and um, and the difference between shame and guilt and, and the role that shame plays in people's lives in not allowing them to show up uh, as the version of themselves they want to be and how destructive it is. So here's a little quote from one of her blogs. So she sees, she says, I believe that there is a profound difference between shame and guilt. I believe that guilt is adaptive and helpful. It's holding something we've done or failed to do up against our values and feeling psychological discomfort. I define shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Something we've experienced, done or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. I don't believe shame is helpful or productive. In fact, I think shame is much more likely to be the source of destructive, hurtful behavior than the solution or cure. I think the fear of disconnection can make us dangerous. So that's the end of that quote. And my own research on shame through people like Brene Brown has been really eye-opening for me. So if I feel like I can't speak about something or I can't even think about something, that's because I'm ashamed of it. I am ashamed to even accept it within myself or to let alone speak to someone else about it. If I'm guilty, I'm accepting that I've done something wrong, but I'm separating what I've done from me. Whereas with shame, this is all about me. I'm just not yeah, worthy. I'm not lovable. There's something wrong with me. And this is what is so, so, so destructive for people. So what helps someone who is feeling ashamed about the way that they're feeling or what something they've done? Well, we know that this significantly affects our mental health is also this talking about experiences we've had. If someone who is feeling ashamed about something they've done or experienced or whatever it is, if they hear someone else who knows that they've gone through the same thing, that's going to help them not feel like they're alone or that this makes them unworthy. So talking, I think, is always really, really helpful. I also just wanted to note that having coaching, therapy, healing, doing yoga, art, create something creative are all really, really, really helpful ways to support you if you are experiencing mental health issues or not. 
So although like, for instance, with coaching and other healing modalities, even though it's not going to be therapy, they can also be helpful in helping you to move forward. So you've just got to do what works for you. Therapy is obviously really important as well because it helps you to deal with what what this feeling of shame, like why you feel ashamed, dealing with the past, dealing with you, so, so, so helpful. And then you can use other services to help you move forward, to to help you in other ways. So getting the support you need is truly helpful. You can also read books like The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle is really, really helpful. This is what helped shift things for me when I was suffering with anxiety and depression. I also really love and recommend Byron Katie's book, Loving What Is. So when it comes to supporting the people in our life and supporting mental health and good mental health in the community, we need to make sure that we're actively listening to people when they come to us or when we notice that they might be suffering. Actively listening is, it seems simple, but it's actually so significant and effective and also so badly done by many, many people. Actively listening means, okay, we want to make sure that we're, our body contact is showing our body communication is communicating that we are listening and and open for this conversation, that they have our attention, that we are giving them the respect of our full attention. So no phones in your hand, no distractions, eye contact on the person. They have your full attention. Body language open towards them. So not, you know, arms closed, not turning away. You are facing directly in front of them. This is going to really, really help. You listen to what they say with curiosity. You don't judge what they say. You're curious. You don't offer solutions. You simply listen. Allow them a space to be heard. And this space, make sure it's, you know, a safe space. It's somewhere where they're not going to be heard by other people. It's somewhere where they're going to feel comfortable in opening up to you. Because as soon as someone opens up to you, then you can help them. You can offer them support, but you've got to listen to what's going on for them first. And you can't tell them how they you think that they should feel. Allow them to express how they are feeling and then you can go from there. So it's also important for you to know that if you are someone who is suffering with mental health issues, that generally in the workplace, you can make adjustments that will support you. So I, I invite you to look at this link that I will put in the show notes, have a look at some of the recommendations they make there because it's really helpful. And I think when we are going through feelings like this, you know, simply being able to maybe work from home more or not arrive during peak hour, these are the things that can help us um, a lot and support us when we are going through a mental health problem. Anyway, This is everything. This is our episode all about mental health. I hope it has helped you. I hope it has helped you realize how important it is to make sure that we've got a really beautiful, strong foundation when it comes to mental health and also to give you a little bit of perspective and hopefully openness to talking more about mental health problems when they arise and making sure that the people in your life, if they are going through something like this, that you're supporting them in the best way possible and understanding that every single one of us, most of us will have experienced a mental health issue or will in our life. And so you're not alone. We're all in this together and we can help each other by simply 
understanding more about how our minds work and then of course taking these beautiful steps to set us up in the best way possible so thank you so much for listening to this episode today if you really enjoyed it i'd love for you to share it with a friend who you think needs to hear it um, and also share with us any takeaways you had on over on instagram at create a life that is beautiful if you take a screenshot of you listening to it right now then you can put that on your stories or you know send me a dm i'd love to hear from you I also just want to take a moment to thank Marianne Last from the UK for your review over on iTunes. She wrote, lovely, what a lovely, warm podcast. I look forward to each week and it's helping me with my thoughts about training as a life coach. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marianne, for leaving a review. It's so wonderful to know that you are thinking of becoming a life coach. We need more amazing people like you out there who are supporting people. So I think that that is so wonderful and I'd love to keep in contact. Thank you so much as well for leaving a review. This helps other people find the podcast and know whether they might be a great fit. So if you haven't yet left a review, I really highly encourage you to go over to iTunes and write out a review there. That would be so wonderful. And finally, I want to invite you, if you are thinking that you would love some one-to-one support in your life, I am currently accepting applications for six months of one-to-one coaching with me. We would meet twice a month. You'd have my undivided attention and we can work through numerous different areas in your life to help you in showing up in the best way possible for the life that you truly want to create. If you want to find out more, please head over to www.letisharange.com forward slash coaching. And I cannot wait to hear from you. Okay, my beautiful friends, I wish you all a wonderful week ahead. I've now changed the date that our episodes are being aired. They're going to be open on a Monday and I'll be sharing them as soon as they're live. So, so until next week, I hope you have a wonderful week and I will be back for another episode to help you unlock your truth and purpose. Bye.